Um, our scripture today comes from Acts chapter 16, verses 22 through 28. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. Morning, church. And welcome to those online as well and those that will watch this later. Hello to you. We're so glad to be in worship with you here today and through our sermon time. We're going to be having some fun. Are you guys ready for some fun? Yeah, I am too. I am ready for some fun. I need it. And it's Father's Day. And you know what? I'm a father, so it's my day. And you can't tell me not to. So take that. So, right. so as uh, we're here today, we're going to have some fun. And I was thinking about being a father. And of course, one of the joys of being a father is that nighttime ritual, right? Where there's all sorts of nighttime rituals. And I have to admit that for a while, we were really good at reading books to the kids. And it's somewhere it became the, let's watch like a little short film, you know, over COVID. But uh, we're going to get back to the books here very soon, but I wanted to take a sermon series and have some fun for the next month or so and uh, get into some of my favorite books, children's books. And of course, from there, jump into something in scripture that we'll be talking about that week. I have purposely made this not a, uh, a, a series where you have to be here every Sunday. So if you miss something, it doesn't build on each other. Uh, you'll miss my favorite books, which, you know, that's sad. You'll have to go back and rewatch it. But if you, if you happen to be gone or, you know, go on vacation, I know it's going to be probably the summer of all the revenge vacations from last year. Uh, and so if you're going to be gone a week or so, you're going to miss something. Don't feel like you, when you come back, you missed a whole section that you need to go catch up on before you get to the sermon here today. But my favorite books, now I have to just preface this because my favorite books are probably not your favorite books. You know, like we all have unique personalities and unique people and um, I really enjoy probably books of a certain kind, especially in my children's books. For instance, I like few words, right? When I'm reading my children's books at night because I'm tired and I want to go to bed myself and I'm just trying to get my kids to sleep. But nonetheless, you know, and, and there's only so much plot, of course, because I have young kids. So as my kids grow older, this list will, of course, change. But um, some of my favorite books uh, that I have and have read to the kids. Now, I want to tell you a little bit about a book. And, and most of these books you, you probably don't know very well. but. One of my favorite books is this one. It's called Little Penguin Gets the Hiccups. And here's the front picture of the book on the screen here in just a moment. Maybe. There we go. Isn't he cute? I mean, it's a book about penguins and hiccups. That's got to be awesome, right? You know, you just love it. And the whole premise of the book is that this little penguin has the hiccups. And he tells you right at the beginning, he tells you how the little penguin got the hiccups because he ate chili because you're never supposed to give spicy chili to penguins, it causes to give them hiccups. And so for a week now, little penguin has had the hiccups and he's tried all these various things, all these recommendations from people as far as how to get rid of your hiccups. But his friend Franklin has told him that if you scare him, or if you get scared, it will cure your hiccups. 
Now, of course, what kid hasn't had the hiccups and you just sit there and you go, mommy, daddy, make my hiccups start, right? So you just kind of, they, they love this book. And as you read the book, you as the reader have to try to scare little penguin and get his hiccups gone. So of course, you know, there's like a one, two, three, and then you go, boo, kind of thing. And you do that a couple of times. Well, then it goes to this one, two, three. And sorry, if you wanted to not know, you need to plug your ears. Here's, here's the grand, like, you know, reveal of the book coming but all of a sudden you get to, after you've said boo a few times, this next page is, you know, one of the double page kind of pictures. And it goes, instead of you saying boo, there's this giant killer whale that's coming out of the water. It looks like it's gonna eat the penguin and he's going roar, right? And as a dad, it's always fun because the kids are like shocked when this happens, you know, and, and, and all this stuff. And of course, as a dad, anytime you get to roar like a big lion or dinosaur, it's cool. And, and so I love, and then of course what happens is the penguin gets all mad because it's his friend Franklin, it turns out, that was scaring him. And the Franklin's like, like having a great time and he's all like laughing about himself making little penguin to be all scared. And little penguin's going on this whole diatribe of how Franklin, how dare you do this? And I got all wet. My mom's gonna be mad at me and all this stuff. He realizes, wait, my hiccups are gone. And he celebrates the fact that he has no hiccups. And he goes, let's go eat some spicy tacos. And of course it ends with him eating the taco and then the hic you know, hiccup happens at the very end and of course you know the rest of how that book ends. So, uh, but I love that book for many different reasons and, and as I mentioned before, but one of the things I love about it is that surprise element, that, that idea of like as a kid, that first time when you've turned that page, they've never seen it before and as a dad, you scare the living daylights out of the kid because you roar at the top of your lungs and your kids never see it coming and of course that's the part of the book they remember the most and that they always remember as you retell the story. Well, as we look at scripture, I love the fact that there are stories where that big surprise happens for the characters as well. As we're telling this story, this is uh, Paul and Silas, they're out doing ministry in the world of the book of Acts. And it's kind of one of those interesting times too, because right at the beginning of this chapter, the whole time it's been these words and pronouns like they, and they went to do this, they went to do that, he went to do this. They, and all of a sudden the we starts coming in out of nowhere. And you get the feeling that Luke, who's writing the book of Acts himself is running around with Paul and Silas in these moments. And they're going to these churches and specifically he goes to the church, uh, the to Philippi that is, and finds the church there starts the church there, if you will. And as he goes, and Paul and Silas are there and, and others with them, they're, they're going along and they're meeting and all of a sudden they run into this slave girl who has a spirit inside her that foretells the future. And of course the people that own her make a ton of money off her. And so they're just perfectly fine letting her be this person that people come and get their fortunes told. They make themselves a literal fortune in this form of money and everything is well and good. Well, this woman, this lady that is, this girl, starts following Paul and Silas. And it's kind of interesting because, you know, Paul and Silas are kind of somewhat laying low at this point. They're preaching the news as they can, all that stuff, but they're kind of laying low. And so this lady starts following them and keeps shouting at the top of her lungs, these men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. And it says that she kept this up for many days. And so as they're trying to do their thing, um, this lady keeps following him around and doing this. And finally, it says that Paul became so troubled that he turned around and said to the spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And at that moment, the spirit left her. Now, of course, this is great news for the lady and for the girl because the spirit is now out of her and she can be, you know, who she is at this point. But the owners, of course, realize what's happened and they are mad, right? 
And in fact, the whole town is kind of mad because this is their fortune, right? This is the way of knowing their future and who doesn't want to, you know, to know their future and know it in a certain way that they can react accordingly. And so they all get mad. In fact, everybody gets mad. They come and they bring Paul and Silas to the authorities and they basically talk about how these men are throwing the town into an uproar. You need to do something about it. And in fact, they do. They get flogged. They get stripped and flogged. And it says in scripture, they were severely beaten. Now, of course, the, there's a jailer in the town and they get sent to the jailer until their, their court case is heard, if you will. And so they go to the jailer and the jailer's job is to, to make sure they stay in the city and under, under arrest, if you will. And so they give the specific instruction, make sure these people don't leave. Your life is on it, right? And so the jailer, it says very specifically, locks them in the inner cell with shackles, right? So this isn't just house arrest or something like that. This is like the true horrible pirates of the Caribbean hanging on the wall type, you know, chain uh, type of thing. And it says in the scripture, just like it happened before, if you read the book of Acts, where there's an earthquake, angel appears, doors are open magically, like the chains fall off, they're just free. And then previously in the book of Acts, the people just walked out and went free, right? And the, the apostles just went on their merry way, such as Peter. But in this book, in this part of the book, that is, that happens and the earthquake happens with such velocity that the jailer wakes up, walks over, sees the doors open, and knows this is his life. And so he starts pulling his sword out, ready to kill himself instead of face what the government authorities are going to do to him. And Paul and Silas, and the greatest, one of the greatest, you know, uh, surprises you can find in scripture for someone, just yell out, no, wait, wait, don't kill yourself. We're here. We're all here. Unshackled with the doors wide open in a town that just flogged us, probably wants us dead, right? And the jailer, you could tell, is just marveled by this. And in fact, in scriptures, it says that in scripture here that the jailer called for the lights and he rushed in trembling before Paul and Silas and he brought them out and he asked, sir, what must be done to be saved? In fact, the scripture also tells us that he mends their wounds. He binds up their wounds in the scripture. And he kind of has them under house arrest under his authority, but his whole, they tell him about Jesus Christ, putting belief in Jesus Christ that he will be saved. And not only he, but his whole household gets baptized and, and brought into the kingdom through this one mighty action. And then just to finish the story, you know, it goes on that the, the people that flogged Paul and all this stuff didn't realize he was a Roman citizen and him and Silas both, which means you have certain rights. Like for instance, not getting flogged before you have the trial. So this is actually a really big deal for a town that's uh, an official colony of Rome, Philippi was, and they had a huge status. So to be a Roman citizen is like, I mean, it's like being a U.S. senator almost. Like, you don't go around flogging your U.S. senator, right, if they have that status without the trial. And so uh, the people start freaking out. They offer all sorts of apologies. They beg Paul and Silas, just please leave, please leave, please leave. We're so sorry, please leave. And in fact, they end up finally doing that. But I love the surprise in this story because just when you think you know how it's going to happen, that Paul and Silas you know, wander off and go on their merry way and start preaching the word, the word was being brought to the jailer that day, his family. And probably the most ironic twist of storytelling that you can possibly imagine where the person set free is hanging out in jail. And the jailer's life who depended on it was only not taken that day. His life was saved not only from literal death, but also for the future of the kingdom of God by Jesus Christ and the story that came to him that day.
You know, as I read this story, it reminds me as a follower of Christ, a few different things is be careful or be wary or be cognizant, that is, or even just be careful how you understand the events of your life. And I put myself in Paul and Silas's shoes, I would have been running out that door, right? You know what I'm saying? I am gone. And I know I might've been limping because I just got beat along the way, but I would have been out the door as fast as I could. And the jailer would have been calling and I would have been saying, peace out, God. But Paul and Silas, right, are there. Not only don't just book it the moment this happens, but they notice the jailer stop and basically put them under house, put themselves under house arrest again with the jailer in that moment. And so many often, you know, I see the things of my life and unfolding and on coming out and, and, and doing different things and wondering in my own life, you know, what are the ways I just run out that jail, right? What are the ways I plead for God to open up the jail cell? I just, the first moment it does, you know, I'm that spring bird out of that cage flying away. And yet God can use the events of our life, even the horrible ones, for the purposes of his kingdom. To where some of the most unexpected people, such as the jailer, would find redemption in Jesus Christ. And I love how it says here, in case you missed it, it says just in the scripture that when the jailer brought him into his house, he said a meal before them. And it says specifically, he was filled with joy because he had become to believe in God, he and his whole family. I want to challenge you this week that there may be things in your life that feel like prison cells, that feel like the opposite of what the kingdom of God is for a person. And yet in scripture, it does testify that while there are times where God, certainly the angel shows up and says, flee, there are times God works even in the midst of that hurt, pain, and suffering to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to another person. So keep your ears out, keep them sharp, listen to the spirit, you will be guided. Let us pray. Lord, as we gather here today, we thank you so much for the fun that is in life. I just personally thank you for books like The Little Penguin that just brings me joy. But how much greater your scripture that really tells us about people that the world would never have wanted to be around, such as a jailer. My God, in so many ways, he was probably an untouchable in his society. In so many ways, he and his family lived on their own and probably in so many ways... The gospel should have just went right by them. And yet, Lord, you used even the pain and suffering of Paul, Silas, and others to bring about his salvation and his household. God, as we're here today, we remember again that this life is a fleeting breath. That eternity is on the horizon. And God, whatever comes our way, we want to just take that moment to listen to you to use whatever circumstance we find ourselves in, even those big surprises, as a pause and a moment to look to you, to see people like the jailer around us, to offer Jesus Christ to them, and Lord, to see the salvation of all people. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.